Happy Wednesday. Welcome to this episode of the Rogers Radio Podcast. I am your host, Alyssa Rogers, and I am sitting here with someone that has accomplished so much in their career and is very involved in the community and nonprofits and the racing world, and I'm just so excited to talk to Ryan Garrett today. Welcome to the Rogers Radio Podcast. Thank you so much. It is really fun to be here with you. Mostly because you're so excited about what you're doing. I love that. This is really cool for you. I am so excited. And, you know, fun fact, I remember sitting in your office years ago now when Joey and I first started this journey of Rogers Heating and Cooling and and where we were then and where we are now. And you getting to see that and having you across the table from me on the other side is just fabulous. It's, It's been fun to watch you and... Congratulations, by the way, for your Thank Inc. You. 5000. Thank you. Uh, a recognition. I forget where it was, like 22 Yeah, something. 2236. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm yeah. very proud of you guys. Yeah, and you know, we talked about these goals and dreams with you years ago, and to see it all happening and knowing that you've had a part in that along the way and helping us. So we appreciate you. That's fun for me, too. Yes. <laughs> So the whole purpose of this podcast is to get to know leaders in our community and kind of how you got to where you are today and just giving advice to people that are looking to grow in their careers. And so I want to start with your background and what led you to where you are today. Right. And it's a it's a crazy story, Um, (laughs) kind of a goofy story. Actually, I was um, 22 years old. And um, I read about this company, Edward Jones, and I couldn't believe when I read the company, it's like, oh my God, they've made a company for me. For the most part back then anyway, um, each individual person had their own office in mostly small towns. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a a very small farming community in Michigan, actually, Um, but I had gone to school in North Carolina. Um, And so when I read about what this guy, Edward Jones Jr. had had done, um, you know, essentially he told his dad, hey, I want to go, he owned a big farm in, mm-hmm. in uh, Missouri, and he said, I really just want to, I just really want to call on the people that I know and that I like, and so he started going from town to town, calling on farmers and small business people, and you know, here we are, right? The, yeah. the, the, the people that I would say mostly make up the economy of South Boston and Halifax County, right? Um, well, I, I grew up, we farmed about 1,200 acres. Right. Um, and most of that was corn, sunflowers, hay. But anyway, I'm just a farm kid. I mean, seriously, I'm just a farm kid. And um, so, you know, growing up on a farm, I, I played a lot of sports, um, but but I knew how to work hard. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's yeah. that was that was really, that, that I always say that's the, my background in sports and farming taught me more than anything else. There's a lot to be said for that. Absolutely. And that, um, that Edward Jones Jr., Ted Jones, had created an opportunity to go call on those folks in small towns so awesome. and have that be you know, the clientele. Anyway, I just said, okay, that's for me. Um, at 22 years old. Well, at 22, I went to interview. Okay. Right out of college. Okay. Um, had nothing. 
I mean, I seriously, I was going to school in, in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, the only place that I could go interview was in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. I had to take the bus. <laughs> to, to go so here I am in this $75 I remember this $75 JP JC Penny suit yes um, a, a gray suit I bought gray shoes I don't know why <laughs> and they were awful <laughs> it was I mean I look at it now or I think about it now I'm like oh that must have and looked to see you terrible today, you've come a long oh, way yeah, oh yeah that'll be part of the story too <laughs> yeah. but anyway you know I, I, I remember that $75 suit and I didn't have the money Mm-hmm. My girlfriend's sister loaned me 75 bucks wow. to go buy a suit. Yeah. Um, anyway, so here I am taking the bus uh-huh. from Asheville because I didn't have a car and I had nothing. And uh, of course, I laughed too because here I am going to, to interview for a job where I'm going to manage people's money. Right? <laughs> you have not. <laughs> I got to take the bus right to, to get there. I mean, it was, anyway. Very humbling. Um, I inter- yeah, for sure. Most of my life is pretty humbling. <laughs> so so I um, I get there. The guy interviews me for over an hour, turns me down, says, well, wow. you, you don't have sales experience. And honestly, even though maybe the business is helping people make financial decisions, mm-hmm. in order to build a clientele, it's, it, it, it's a sales job at first, right? I mean, yeah. you, you had to do the same thing, right? right. You, you had to go get clients first. Right, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I said, you have no sales experience, so go do that and come back. So I came back about a year and a half later and hmm. um, had, had done various things. Oh, well, we need to talk about that. I, I sold baby shoes at one point. Really? <laughs> I was the assistant manager of a stride right retail. <laughs> In Crabtree Valley Mall. Look yep. at you! So anyway, I just think about the the, the funny things yeah. that I did to get here, right? Yeah. Every every uh, every little lace that I would tie of, of a kid's shoes, I would think Edward D. Jones, Edward D. Jones, because really? I would you tie them. That bad? Oh yeah, like, no, I knew I'm that's what I want to do. It. Absolutely, that, that's I want to work for them. I, I, so anyway, that's I, awesome. I absolutely knew what I what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But it took me two years or well, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, then I came back and I probably could have come back in six months. I didn't know that. Right. They told me two years. I came back in a year and a half thinking I was, <laughs> ooh, I don't know whether they'll take me. They probably would have taken me after six yeah. months. Anyway, um, so that's that, that was how I, I found Jones anyway was, wow. was to, to do that at that relatively young age. I was 24 when I started here. Okay, and so you went to interview in Greensboro, correct? So I did the first time. And then the second time. So the second time I interviewed in Danville, Virginia. Okay. So so I interview, it's on a Tuesday. Only reason I know this is because the interview was like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The guy I interviewed uh, with, Charlie Abercrombie, in in Danville, Uh after the interview was over, he says, what are you doing? Like, oh my, this guy just interviewed me, right? I'm like, nothing, what, right? What, what do you want to do? And he said, come jump in the truck with me. We're going we're gonna to take a ride. Okay. So we drive to this town that was right next to Danville. And uh, he was a Rotarian. So we went to the Rotary Club yes. meeting at Ernie's Restaurant, right? Uh-huh. Which obviously I'd never heard of. But uh-huh. we, so we go to the Rotary Club meeting in, and that the I mean literally interviewed for the job and then went to the to wow. the rotary meeting in South Boston, Virginia. 
we go. He says, I got to go make up this, this meeting. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to go to South Boston to make up the meeting. As we're driving back, of course, everyone was super nice to me. But anyways, we're driving back. He says, so what do you think? Like, what, what do I think about what? He says, well, what about that town? Oh. Well, I'm 24. I'm single. I got nowhere to go, right? And, and I'm like, well, I guess. Right? <laughs> so, so anyway, I went back and did a little bit of research. And one of the things that was so funny is that because the lake, mm-hmm. Clarksville, was mm-hmm. close, and one of my great buddies um, was, was down near, uh, near Albemarle, in North Carolina, and I would go to his place all the time on the lake. I thought, yeah. oh, a lake, this will be so great. I think I've been on that lake about four times in 30 <laughs> some years. I just, I just never, <laughs> hardly ever got there. You were right? working hard. But that, well, yeah, it was. I couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so, so, but that's how I got to South Boston was because I just happened to interview in Danville. The community was available for me to right. open an office, I had nowhere to go. And it was like, well, yep, I guess that town's as good as any. It was, you were destined to be here, and here you are, still here. It is here. pretty funny, though, yeah. That's awesome. I had less than nothing. I had to borrow 400 bucks from a friend of mine to move here. I mean, I had I had nothing. And, well, you had drive. Oh, yeah, I had plenty Lots of that. Lots of drive, and that's plenty why that. you're here you know, today, still going strong. 37 and, years later. I mean, scary. and how much you've accomplished over those 37 years, and you know, the just the recognition that you've received. And I know you don't even do it for that, because you do so much behind the scenes as well that no one ever knows about, and that's what it's all about, really. And so what do you think you know, of course drive, but what other characteristics do you think you possess that has helped you through this journey of having no money to helping people with their money? Yeah. So, so if I were to think of like the one thing, which Mm -hmm. obviously I've been asked this many, many, many times, um, it's, I can see the big picture Mm. and I can hold the big picture. Oh, right. That. I mean, that really is, yeah, that's the key. Now, I didn't know that, right? I right. Mean, it, I, looking back, yeah. I can say, oh, well, that's it. At the time, I didn't know that was it, right? Right. Because when you're running the marathon, which it was, it was just, it was, it's running a marathon. I mean, I'm still working, so it's, sure. I'm still running it, right? But that was the thing that, that now when I look back is I can keep the picture of what I'm trying to create just steadfastly in, wow. in, and, and, and follow that, right? And, and, and keep going. And of course it comes out in, in a lot of other ways too, but, but, it, but that's if, if there was the one thing, which is, you know, get the dream and then hold the dream. That is amazing. And it's very powerful because it's so easy for people to lose focus of that. And so to be able to do that, that's a superpower. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, I think that's mine. I mean, I, I, I can tell you like, I mean, I can tell you my each of my kids' superpowers too, but yeah. I think that's mine. <laughs> I, I could agree with you there. What do you think your leadership style is like? How do you how would you describe that? Because you lead a lot of people. Yeah. So I am super grateful to have grown up in the leadership of uh, of Ever Jones. Yeah. So, um, because um, responsibility based management. Mm-hmm. is is really what what it what we call it right um, um, 
Peter Drucker calls it managed by objectives. Mm-hmm. But but the point is responsibility based management. It it really just means responsibility is your boss, mm. right? Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Okay. Now I might be leading you. Right. Right. And 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 and. So as your leader, I need to paint the picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm pretty good at that. You I need are. to hold the picture. I'm pretty good at that, you right? Are. So so if I can help you see the picture, but then once we know what we're going to accomplish, then that's really your boss. The alignment. Right? The results that we're trying to go after, that's your boss, not me. Mm. Now, okay, ultimately, it, it all falls on me as the right. leader of the organization, but but responsibility-based management means that if you know what you need to accomplish, and then I ask you what your what your strengths are, right? What's yeah. your superpower? Right. Okay, and then we use that. Mm. Okay, so I, I think I think you should not work on any of your of your deficits. Wow, zero. I mean, none, unless they're so bad that they, that you can't do the job at all, right? I mean, right. That, that it really stops you, right? Okay, but I would say um, identify the one, two, or three things that you're great at, mm-hmm. okay? And we know the business result that we're going to go after, mm-hmm. right? But now I want you to use that thing that you're great at, or those couple of things. I mean, that you are that's that's your superpower, right? Right. Let's use those to get there. And then we talk about it. Okay, so, and, and obviously, people in my office, right? What are you great at? Okay. Yeah. So now we're all going to get the same result, but we might be doing it different ways because your superpower is different than my superpower. Yeah. Right? So when you do that, then, I mean, people are motivated because they're them, right? I mean, yes. it's they're, they're getting to use, they're getting to use the thing that makes them tick, that makes them happy that fulfills them, even though we're just going toward a business goal. Right. Right. I mean, but still businesses are in business for a profit, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but, but for you to, to do it with everything you've got. Right. So So powerful. um, Teresa Poole, who worked with me for 25 years before she passed on and, and oh my gosh, I, I, scary I've lost track of the of the years now gosh it's probably been 12 or 13 years mm-hmm. since she passed on but I remember her husband saying to me um, Ricky he, he said you know that the ladies in your office would run through a wall for you oh and and I mean I'll never forget him saying that and and I and I said well you know they know I'd run through a wall for them too right when when we know that, right? When, when, right? when together we've got each other's backs, I let you use mm-hmm. what you're great at to accomplish the things that we're all going for. It, it's kind of hard not to at least be happy, yeah. right? And even in the tough times, be able to get through, and we've had plenty of tough times. But, but everybody's, I mean, relatively fulfilled in that way when you get to use what you're great at. And how does that make you feel? Um, you know, you are a leader to so many people and so many people look up to you and you have, you know, team members that will run through a wall for you. How does that make you feel inside? Yeah, so it's different over the years. Yeah. It really is. So um, the ego was more involved in that when I was in my 20s, 30s. Sure. I mean, it, it, it definitely was. And of course, 
I wasn't there and didn't recognize it in my 20s. Right. It, it was it was probably even up until about my early 40s where I this started to really be codified in my, mm-hmm. you know, in me. I knew the words. I was executing it. Right? I was doing right. all those things. But it, it, it takes about, you know, it probably took about 15 years for me to truly recognize the impact. Right. Because right. we were just working hard. Right. Right. I mean, I, I still had not, I mean, nothing. <laughs> I, I was working toward having something. Right. But I mean, in those first years, it, I didn't recognize it. But, um, but it was such a part of me. Mm-hmm. And, and I was able to, sh- to keep that vision that, um, that, you know, those people become family to me. Right. Right? I mean, I, I say it to them all the time, but if, if, I mean, Lauren knows, I've said, you know, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I say that to Nancy. I said, I mean, to, to, to everyone right. that, over the years, it's, it's um, we're family. And, and we, we have stuff to do, mm-hmm. right? And we have objectives and mm-hmm. you have, you know, you're, you, I need to evaluate your performance each year and right. I mean, it's still mm-hmm. a business. Sure. But when we're in it together and, and we become family, then I get excited for you. Yes. Right? Or I get excited for them, right? Yes. Yes. Um, if you're able to build a new house, you get to buy that new car, I don't know, what whatever it is that's mm-hmm. that each each of, of my assistants, each of my staff, what they're excited about, I get excited about it. Yes. Right? Let me I, I wanna help you get that. Right. Right. Well, alignment is all that comes to mind when you're talking about this. You seem so aligned in what your goals are and what your team's goals are and all achieving that together. And I think this is important for people to hear and understand when they are looking to start their career or they're in their career and don't really know where they're headed. So what advice would you give someone that may be stuck in their career or they're just starting their career? Right. So... So I've, I've already said it, I think, but yes. we'll, we'll say it in maybe in a, in a little bit of a different way. Um, so the things that make you happy, mm-hmm. try, right, to find that job. But but often you can't find that when you're 22, 23, 24, exactly. right? Or 18, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just whenever you start your your career. So So if you're not able to do that, nine to five mm-hmm. or seven to three or whatever that is, right? Or, or 11 to seven, or yeah. whatever shift you end up on first, right? Yes. Is find a way to have that outlet of the things you love mm-hmm. and keep looking for a way to make that be a vocation. Right. Right. So... Um, uh, Lisa Kipps Brown had had a guest, and I, I have I cannot remember the person's name, but I love the idea because it was essentially be an entrepreneur after work. Oh, okay. right. So I mean, if if you got it, you got to feed your family, you got to yes. yeah, got to pay the bills, whatever. If, if you're not able to find that thing that is absolutely feeding your soul from from nine to five, mm-hmm. then at least do that the rest of your day, right? Well, I mean, and I don't but right. you know hour to something right yeah find that thing that you love that makes you happy that you you know that you work toward and then keep trying to find a way mm-hmm. to have that be a, 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 a vocation my life is a testament of when you can see it right right when you can vision it I'm telling you the universe just lines up for you mm. It does. I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you, Everything my, my entire life is that if, if you can picture it, 
if you can see it, the universe conspires with you mm -hmm. to make it come true, mm -hmm. right? But most of us can't hold on to that vision long enough, right? So then, you know, the universe starts to line up and conspire with you. And then you, you know, two weeks later, you're like, ah, that didn't work, right? And, and then now you start thinking about something else and the universe says, oh, oh, okay, well, <laughs> We were, we were ready to help you with that, but, you know, and, and, and whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, I call it God, but, but whatever, right? right? I right. Mean, whatever you call it. I don't care sure. what you call it. But when you focus on the things that you love and you focus on that picture and what you want to create, you will find that, I mean, seriously, is this the, everybody starts lining up to help you. Yes. It, that is it, so true. So true on so many levels, and I hope everyone listening is actually taking this in because this is really powerful and and getting to where you want to be in your life. And I I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. Right. And you with the big picture, it just is all coming together. And they're um, all classes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, every single thing you go through is a class. That's how I see it. And I am so grateful for my grandmother and my mother, really who taught me that at a very, very young age that everything you go through is just a class. Yeah, that's a good so, way to put it. So, so pass the class, right? I mean, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. And some of the classes are like, man, I don't want to take this one <laughs> no, again. Right. right? I love that. Yeah, so, so uh, you know, I mean, what, right? If something, ugh, yuck, this is right. awful, right? I don't want to go through this, this again, so what do I need to know? Yeah. Right, and that's what I, how I've tried to, 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 to uh, live my life. I've definitely, I've definitely repeated grades. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I have, right? I've definitely made the same mistake, you know, either personally or professionally, whatever, where I was like, ugh, all right, man, I blew that. Right. <laughs> I got to go take that class again, right? right? And it will, and it'll happen. Yeah. I mean, the universe will say, oh, tap, tap, tap. By the way, here's that same problem in a different way, right? So what would you say is one of the biggest lessons you've learned yeah. throughout this that you've taken with you through your career? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I think that, um, but again, it's, it's an evolution. So sure. I, I can tell you this, um, I, I couldn't help it, but be, but be focused on, um, things and what I wanted to like, bells that I wanted to ring, okay. things yes. I wanted to accomplish, yes. things I wanted to have, because I had nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, so so like to me, it's so funny because I'm, I'm driving one today, but I mean, to me, driving a Cadillac yeah. was like, a, you know, I'll know I've made it when, right? I mean, so <laughs> yeah. just in my head, right? It's it so was easy like, to do that. Right, yep. So, um, you know, if, if I have a nice house, if I have, right? I mean, so... So at the beginning, I was focusing on those things, mm -hmm. and I was in my twenties and thirties, mm -hmm. and you know, so and, and having nothing, <laughs> right? So things I thought would be like, you know, when I got those, yes. I'd be happy. Well, I wasn't. Uh, it was fine. It was okay. Right. But whenever I get to the thing that I wanted, I was like, eh, okay, yes. this is nice, but. I don't have that feeling anymore of, right, that sort of the chase. Yes. Um, so then I thought, well, it, maybe it's professional. I'll, I'll chase right. that, right? right. So um, what's it like to, you know, what what are those top producers do? Where, what, are, what are the top folks? So, um, so I, I will blow my own horn for just a second here to, to, to answer part of this question. But so we've been in the top 2% of all the 
branch offices in Edward Jones for 20 years. You have a Probably lot to 20, be proud of. 21 years. Okay. Definitely shout that from the rooftop. So, and, I, and, and so you would think so, right? Right. <laughs> eh. <laughs> so it's fun. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So, so that, you know, so I thought, okay, so, you know, maybe being a top producer, right? Being, mm-hmm. having one of the, the most successful offices in the country, which I mean, we do and it, it, it is cool, right? Yes. But eh. Once you get there, then it's like, well, no, that wasn't it either. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I thought, okay, well, how about I'll just keep growing in the organization? Okay. Right? Yep. So, so just pro- professional beyond my clients and my business. Um, how do you get to be a general partner? I mean, and an owner right. of the business, right? right. So, um, so I became, I was able to become a partner, right? So we have like. 50,000 employees and there are at the time about 400 of us that were the decision makers, mm-hmm. the, the partners. So I don't even know what that math is, but I mean, it's less than 0.01, right? I mean, so, right. so there are 400 of us. I got to be one of those people. And, um, and for about, I think 14 years, I was a, I was a general partner and, mm-hmm. and had parts of about five different states that I led. So not only did I have my own clients, but I had, you know, I was leading several hundred um, other branch offices. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not saying, I mean, when I, when I got there, it's like, this is cool. This is cool. Mm. Keep you going. Know? I love this. Well, but, 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 but it was, it was a focus though. Right. Yes. And I wanted to ring the bell. Yes. I wanted to get there. But, but obviously the point of the story is that um, those were still like things or bells mm-hmm. that I wanted to ring. And when I got them, when I got there for me, it just, yeah, it, I mean, it was good. It was nice. Yeah, it was yeah. good. And I was, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm proud to, to ring those bells, but that still wasn't it. Yeah. And, and I think everybody finally finds that there's a something else that where it's not outside of you. Mm. It, it, it. You go in, of course. That's the rest of the story. I'll shut up for a minute so you can ask me another question. But, no, I want but, to know. But I know. Keep going. I, I, I'll go there. But 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 that you you know you ask the question of you know what what's what's the greatest lesson? Don't change. And, and, the well, the, the greatest lesson was that it was all within me. Yeah. Right. I mean, the things that I was chasing on the outside, mm-hmm. they're 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 great. They're fine. They're whatever. But it still it still doesn't really fill my heart right so what is it that yeah, fills your so, heart so isn't it funny that um, um, that I, I always feel like that I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, like with my clients or the mm-hmm. community or whatever right I just I, I just want to make people's lives better mm-hmm. right so but I realized that when I gave things away mm-hmm. when I did things for others which is I know this is true for everybody not, I mean it's Sure. I'm not this is some big revelation, right? Sure. But, but I'm just telling you from from somebody who was, you know, a, a partner of one of the largest financial firms um, in, in the in the country, top producing office, all that stuff yes. that you could put on my resume. Yes. It was when I did something for somebody else, right, that made me feel better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've given away almost everything I've made. Um. I always have. I mean, I've just wow. given it away. Yes. And and because I see money as just energy, right? Uh-huh. It's, it's just it's just. It's a great way to look what, at right? it. I mean, when when you when you 
when you give it away, it just flows. When you try to hold on to it, yeah. then you know that's when the universe says, well, you're not doing anything with that. So, so smart. Right? Yes. Um, my, my, again, my, my mother and my grandmother, very, very wise folks, but, but they always told me about like the, they'd say like the, the water pipe. Like, like a, a, if, if, the, if a river, you know, the water is going through and it goes through a culvert, right? right? So the culvert always has water in it as long as it, you don't block it up, mm. mm-hmm. right? But if the culvert said, oh, I need to hang on to this, I'm afraid I won't have enough water, right? So, so I got I to gotta block up the, my end here right? so I can hold on to this water because, oh my God, what if, what if the water stops, right? So then, of course, when you block it up, what does the water do? It, yeah. it finds its way around yeah, you, right? It does. It's still going to flow with or without you, right? right? With or without you. Right. That's still going to flow. So, it's, so whether it's love, whether it's, it doesn't matter what it is, but specifically if we're talking about just money. Right. right. Money's the same way, right? If you try to hold on to it, then it just, it, it goes around you. Wow. It goes around you, right? It, yes. just, it, it finds its own way yes. to where it's going. Because it's going, it's energy, it's going to do good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Money is nothing other than what you can trade it for, right? So, so anyway, so, so I, I just recognized that I felt best when I was giving it away. Love right? that. So now, whether it's time, it right. doesn't have to be money, right? right. Just, but, but when you're constantly giving it away, then it keeps coming, Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just the vessel. It just flows through me. So whether it's money or, doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as you just keep it flowing through you. And surrounding yourself around the right people. Right. Because you do a good job of that, too. So now I'm going to answer your question. Okay. Tell me. <laughs> I am loving this. The biggest lesson was when I forgot that. Mm. And I got afraid. And I would block the end of the culvert, like, oh my God, I don't have enough love, or you know, oh my God, I don't have right. enough money, or or I'm worried about money, or whatever. Right. Guess what would happen? It find its way around me. Yes. Right? And I, I can watch it. I mean, I, I and I even knew better. Yeah. And I, I, I still felt myself doing it, like, um, but I'm afraid now, and so I've right. got to hold on to this, and then love and energy and money and whatever would just flow sure. full around me yeah <laughs> until i go all right this is dumb <laughs> grandma told me this a long time ago you know mom told me this a long time ago like let it flow let it flow through you mm-hmm. right and so anyway that's that's how i try to live my life i i i have to take that lesson over and over again i think we all right. do right of course that's a class that seems to come up often uh-huh. for people uh-huh. Right is is trusting that it will still flow. Well, that leads into everything that you're doing to give back because you give so much back. Um, you have nonprofits, and I want to hear all about what you're actually doing because I don't think a lot of people realize this, and I want you to tell everyone um, how they can help with this as well because it's a great cause. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Um, what what's what's funny though is so the evolution as we keep talking about this mm-hmm. is um, what happens I think to everybody right um, but what I spent I spent my whole life trying to be somebody right? yeah I mean I didn't touch on I I was a decent athlete um, I I honestly I thought I was going to play professional baseball yeah and I, you know I I had been invited to four different major league camps and and um, 
I was a pretty good pitcher and so on and so forth. So anyway, I, you Very know, cool. I, I, I was all state, um, quarterback. I've, you know, played yes. basketball, championship teams, blah, 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 blah. Right. So I saw myself as that, right. Mm -hmm. As the athlete, um, I got accolades. It felt good. Mm -hmm. Right. I took, I got this job, right. I, you know, top producer felt good, right. Uh -huh. Plaques and, and uh, then I got to be a partner and, you know, it got to feel, it, it felt good. I, I was, I was becoming somebody, right? right? And then at about, I don't know, maybe 55 years old, I suppose. I'm 61 today. At about 55, I realized that being somebody, again, did, eh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and I saw... Um, I saw a, 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 a video essentially on uh, the name of it was Be Becoming Nobody. Oh, okay. And I, and I thought, okay, so that's been in my head. Uh-huh. So, so I watched it and I went, yeah, I think I want to become nobody. Interesting. Now, my ego though, it, it, when I first saw it, went, ooh, that looks kind of cool. Right? It, <laughs> You have to right. still transcend that, right? It's right. still it, it, it's still a journey, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. because I laugh at it now because I look back and go, oh, that's kind of cool. Well, if you're thinking, oh, that's cool to be nobody, that's still your ego, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> so true. So so it took me a little while, but I started thinking about, okay, I feel best when I'm giving stuff away, right? Mm -hmm. The only thing that lasts is what you give away anyway, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. none of us are taking so, any of this with yeah. us, right? So, and, and then I have control of it, sort of, right? I get to see who it goes to. I get, so anyway. So, um, but when that, when that thought of how do you become nobody? How do you become nobody? Um, and yet still, and still be somebody, right? I yes. mean, and yet still get things done is what I mean by be somebody. Right. right? So... So most of what I've been doing in the last bit has been behind the scenes, in, in, in the back. I keep trying to go further and further and further to the back because I've also recognized I can get more done mm. when, yes. I'm, when I'm nobody. Yes. Right? If, if you're the chairman or the president or the captain or the whatever, right? I mean, there are constraints when you're, you know, on the board or when you're in the face is hard. Right, 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 exactly. When when you're free mm -hmm. to work in the background, mm -hmm. to take all those folks that you've built relationships with, yes. right? And help them or get answers from them to help other things, but literally stay in the background, be nobody. Then the other thing happens, which is if you don't care about getting the accolades, you can get so much done. Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, if it doesn't matter now, if, if nobody ever knew what yes. you're doing, oh my God, there's there's just a ton you can get done. Now, I'm not saying my ego is completely out of it because we're human beings, right? Correct. I'm, I'm a human being, right? Correct. So, so there's still ego. I, uh -huh. I, I, I know I'll never get rid of it. But what I found is I can get so much more accomplished and through other people mm -hmm. when I'm nobody, right? When, yes. when, when no one knows I'm doing it, when no one knows that right. it was me. And allowing others to have that chance to feel Absolutely. what it's like to, to be the face. 
Absolutely. And when and, they're at that point in their career. Right. And that needs to be, in, in my opinion, that needs to be the probably 50 and unders. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I, I think it's like 50, 55, 60, somewhere in there, I think almost everybody finally realizes, you know, it's it's time to step back. And I don't mean step back from accolades. Right. But by the way, um, uh, last month, our branch office just hit another plateau that's recognized by the firm. Congratulations. But, but <laughs> we didn't care. I mean, yeah. say we didn't care at all, but it was like, uh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, you know. And, and then, you know, Nancy looked at me and says, all right, so I know you got another another goal, right? <laughs> You've got to hit another one. Yeah, and, and we do, but it was, eh, right? It was yeah. all these other things we're doing that nobody knows. Right. That's what fills my heart, right? Yes. That's what makes life exciting. Yes. And and I also, I, I will also have to say this, that um, I used to say it that I love being scared. And maybe I don't mean it exactly that way. I didn't maybe understand it at the time. But I love solving complex puzzles. It drives you. You've yeah. said that all along. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to Joey and I, when yep. we sit in your office, yep. you... It drives you. Yeah, sure. it does. And and the more complex, the more excited I get, right? The yes. harder, like, I mean, the, okay, this can't be done. Okay, cool. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, let's go figure this out, right? right? But not a, I'll show you, mm-hmm. which it might have been 20 years ago, mm-hmm. right? If you told me, oh, that can't happen, like, oh, I'll show you, right? right? But that's ego, right? Right. But eventually, I think, again, by the time you hit 50, 55, 60, there's, there's a period, I think, in every person's life where they realize, okay, now it's time to go inward. Mm-hmm. And it's time to, to you know, find other things that are interesting. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and again, ringing bells isn't as interesting. Again, that thing that we did, we accomplished last, last month, cool, not very interesting. Right. You know? All this other stuff. So, so again, I guess we, we jump to, um, you know, Colin, Colin Garrett, yes. right? My son. Um, yes. I mean, he'd never, he'd never raced at all, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's 14, almost 15 years old when he, when he said, he says to me, you know, well, he actually said to his mom, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I, I think I'd, I'd like to race. And I said, um, I said, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Right. right? And, and then, you know, and then finally I said, well, how much is this going to be? Well, the car and the trailer were like $5,000, like $5,000. I'm not doing that. Xfinity, <laughs> <laughs> it's like 20 grand yeah. for tires per race. Right. But anyway, oh, did you? Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> right. But, 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 but the, the, the point was I, I said no. And then finally I said, all right, I'll go look at it with sure. you. Well, okay. It was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily a race fan. Right. So, so I mean, it just didn't, didn't mean a lot to me because I just it, it wasn't my thing. Anyway, so I so I bit, right, yeah. and now here we are, right, six years later, and um, you know his his career has just gone crazy. Um, but he's killing it right now. It, he is, but but the but but here's here's the point though is that I said, okay, I'll help you with this. Yes. But I want your career to mean something more than selling M&Ms. And, and Kyle Busch selling them. Well, I guess he, I don't know if he'd be selling I'm M&Ms an anymore. Fan. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about? Well, right. I don't know if he'd be selling M&Ms next year on a Chevrolet. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> not next year. 
To but, be determined. But again, so there's nothing wrong with that, right? right. I mean, selling MSMs is, is great, but I wanted it to be more than just selling totally something, understand. right? Totally understand, yeah. Or just entertainment, right? right? And rate, I mean, super entertaining. I love it now. Yes. Absolutely love it. I right. mean, I'm bitten bad. Uh, but I wanted it to mean more than that, too. Mm-hmm. Now, Colin at 15 had no idea what I was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I want your career to mean more than that. I mean, you want to race, right? Right, right. But because our family is such a military family, um, we've just been we've been involved in, in yes. veterans' idea, um, you know, things things all veterans and military families. Um, it was kind of an easy thing to say. Okay, so let's let's have your career be more, mm-hmm. and let's support veteran causes. Yes. But let's have your racing career mean more than just selling products and. Right, that kind of stuff. So, um, so anyway, I was kind of doing it as I know you can't see this from here, right. Colin. Right. Right. But but I'm I'm going to try to gift this to you, and when you're 50, you'll get it. Right. 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 <laughs> or maybe when you're 40, maybe you'll get it. You know, I I, I know he, he I know he won't and, until then because that's a that's a, a maturity. That's a, and yeah, that's that's a past of yes. trying to be somebody. Yes. Thing, right. The bells. Yep. But anyway, so. So that's that's what we've been doing, right? Is 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 supporting, you know, veteran causes. Um, racing for Heroes is easy because we love them. They're local. Racing for Heroes, right? I mean, it's cool. It's racing too, right? So yes. so so us being able to support them because they're local is really cool. We have several other things that we're doing, but that's where that first came from. Sure. Was Colin? I want you to do something that you can look back when you're. 50, 60, 70 years old and say, my career, it was fun, it was cool, but it meant something else too. Yes. And so tell me about Racing for Heroes and where that is today and, and how we can get involved. Sure. So uh, so that's just one of the organizations yeah. that we support, but um, but Racing for Heroes, what, what a neat organization. So uh, Mike Evox started this, this organization um, several years ago. Um, they, I didn't even know that they were local. They had, they had moved to VIR. And right. Gosh, I'm, I have lost track of that probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago now. Um, again, Lisa Kipps Brown called me from there. She was at, at one of their open houses. She says, oh my God, you got to get out here yeah. and learn about these people, right? So they, they give veterans a sense of community, right? I mean, mm-hmm. a place to go to be with people who understand you. Um, job training. Um, gosh, they, they've helped people find jobs. I mean, it's it, it really is cool. What they do to help veterans kind of get over that hump of reassimilating right back into the civilian uh, world, um, it, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we just love them. Um, and of course, what we also have said is that, you know, we, we, we naively thought, okay, we want to stop veteran suicide. Right. right. That that's what we want to do. We right. want to stop veteran suicide. Well, after about a year, we said, well, okay, so it's not stop veteran suicide. It's it's we need to help them get access mm. to all these other things. So right. They good. need access to community. Right. They need access to health care. Mm-hmm. They need access to legal services. They need access to job training. They need access to entrepreneurship with like the Rosie Network. We um we, we support them. They have like 40,000 uh, military um, spouses and veterans who start their own businesses, right? I mean, it's so cool all the things yes. they're doing, but it's access to those things 
that help veterans have a happier and healthier life. And that's what's going to prevent suicide, yes. right? So again, we naively said, oh, we got to stop suicide. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. But now we've learned, it. now that we've done this for about, what, three and a half years, I suppose, is we're supporting access. And and actually, so Colin and, and his brother, mm-hmm. now we just do brother and sister, right? So my wife had two boys. Yeah. I have two girls. And we had Colin, right? But we've all we've never said steps, right. halves, anything. And right? you Just, pour so much into all of your children. Oh, absolutely. So they're, they're they're brothers and sisters. Yes. But anyway, so so um, so both of Colin's brothers are active military. Mm-hmm. Um, the oldest son is National Guard. He's he's stepping out of active duty, and he is now the CEO of this new business that that they formed um, called the Eleven Eleven. Yes, Veteran tell us Project, about this. Right. So Eleven Eleven just. Veterans Day, right? Yes. November 11th. So yeah. <clears throat> something easy to remember. And it's spelled out, right? So we have it in several ways. Okay. So we have the, the, the two sets of ones. Okay. So you'll see that yes. on some of the on hats and things. That's mm-hmm. one way on the hood mm-hmm. of like Colin's car today. So right, right in, in, in the, the road course racing that he's doing now, sports car racing, you'll see it. It's on the hood, 11, okay. 11. It's just, it's the, the four ones, right? Uh-huh. Um, we spell it out as well, so various ways that you'll see it. But anyway, eleven eleven, what what we what we realized was that all these great organizations that are helping veterans, but really any nonprofit, right? They're great at their programming. They're all pretty lousy at getting the word out, mm. right? At raising right. funds, at, at letting people know they course, exist, right? right? But it makes sense. They're spending their their resources, so their time, energy, and money on their programs. Yep. Right. And the things they do best. It's 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 one of the greatest challenges for any nonprofit. Right. Is we're doing all these great things. How do we let you know about this? Right? right. And so we realized that we needed to be the voice for a lot of these organizations. So eleven eleven actually sort of started out just as an idea, mm-hmm. and and we actually just made it be a company. I say we, Brian and Colin, right. made it be a, a company. Um, a for-profit company that acts like a nonprofit. Love it. And part of the reason for it being a, a for-profit is because if you're a nonprofit, you're always seen as your tin cup held yep. out, right? <laughs> contribution, contribution, contribution. It's like, no, come be a partner. Let's, let's, it, this is B2B. Right, let's help you solve a business problem as a partner or sponsor or whatever. That's what we're going to help you do. And oh, by the way, we're going to be able to get your company or your, you know, whatever it is you're, you're supporting in front of millions of people by it being, you know, through, through so the motor sports program. It, it really works. But at the same time, let's do this year after year after year after right. year. Right, because it's working for everybody. And oh, by the way, all of our efforts are supporting these military families, and you know, and everything they're going through. Anyway, it's so my passion for that is is just as high as anything I've ever done, and I'm absolutely in the background. I mean, I keep saying we, we, we. It's right. it's not even me, right? I mean, right. I'm in the background helping, but it's Brian and it's Colin. And they're the ones that are, are carrying the water. You know, I'm in the back. I'm just pumping now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm filling the buckets. <laughs> and you're doing what's inside. Yeah. You're not ringing the bells. And that's zero what, bells. Yes. None. Right. And I mean, you're such a, a big picture thinker from the very beginning. 
Is this the big picture for you? Absolutely. It is. And and the cool thing is now I will be I, I will do my job. I will, I will be a financial sure. advisor until I die. Uh-huh. That's a cool thing about my job yeah. is as long as I keep my marbles, right? <laughs> then and I love that because I love becoming the expert on you and helping your family accomplish goals. And I've yeah. done this so long that I now have fifth generation clients. Right. Wow. So, so the guy I started with, you know, five generations from him. Wow. Of course I was twenty four, he was eighty four. I'm <laughs> right. making that up, right? right? But I mean, you know, and now I know I'm 61, so there is a fifth generation that from that guy, is right? Insane. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I can see that with what we're doing here is helping save lives. Yes. Helping people, helping those families that seriously, they're the ones who protect us. They're the ones who give us the opportunity to ring all our bells mm-hmm. and become somebody. Right? All those things that that I get to do, I've gotten to do, and yes. I still get to do. They're the ones that made that possible, right? They're the ones that keep us safe. They're the ones who yes. create or, or or keep keep the opportunity right. for us, right? Right. And then, man, we don't treat them the way we should. It's so true. Oh, I, I don't know if you saw yesterday. Um, it was it was recommended that that military families apply for food stamps. Are you serious? Yeah, there's an article in the last couple of days. So like, yeah, we know we don't pay you enough and we know that inflation's a problem. So you should so so you should, you know, apply for food stamps. We've right? got to get better. We've got uh, to get better. And especially, I mean, we got to get it better for everybody. Yes. Right? But especially for those people who have given a tremendous amount, so much so that we have to think about are they in danger of taking their own lives? Right? Right? Especially those people we've got to do something for. Yes. Anyway, I, I, it, it, I'm incredibly passionate about this, but how cool that I can then help Colin and Brian do this for the rest of my life at least. How fulfilling. Oh, and absolutely you is. have achieved so much, and I'm just so proud to have you on this podcast because... You know, being in the background now, not many people know what you're doing. And I think even though you want to be in the background, it's still important to let everyone know where you came from. And you're, you've, you've come a long way from the gray suit and the gray shoes. <laughs> the $75 <laughs> yeah, JCPenney suit. Oh, my God. So I just appreciate <laughs> everything that you have done for Rogers, Joey, myself, and everyone in this community. Because we are lucky to have you and are so thankful to have you in this community and what you're doing and and you're just improving the lives of so many and I like to ask one final question so I have to laugh because in the background my ego's going oh that feels so good <laughs> well it's all true you can't get away from it right the ego is always there but, it's all true but, but the other side of me is trying to temper that and it's anyway. so funny because just a little fun fact and this is off topic but when you were talking about your J.C. Penney suit and your, you know, and how it was a poor decision for the shoes, I always tell Joey that you're the best dressed in Halifax <laughs> County, and I, he always says he wants to improve his wardrobe, and he does not know I'm going to tell the story. And well, um, but I say you need to talk to Ryan because he can help you. <laughs> And he's gonna be upset. I told that story on here, but oh well. So so that's funny, and and again the the um the you know the background going right yeah. going to the background. So I wore a suit for thirty three years, yeah. right? Now you know how I dress now, yes. right? 
I mean, I, I, I would get home, I'd put my jeans and my boots on, yes. right? Because that's really me. Yes. I'm a farm kid, right? Yes. I mean, that's me. I've worn boots since I was six years old, right? Mm -hmm. So jeans and boots. Well, after I retired as a partner and I would just back to my own office, I said, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm wearing my jeans and boots every day to the office, right? Now, I wear a sports coat. Right? Yes, <laughs> it looks good, though. I love it. Best but, dress. But how That's funny, right? 33 yeah. years of the, the suit and the, all that stuff. and nope, Well, no more. I, I think you're the best dressed in Halifax County, so I'm putting it out there. And Joey may be coming to you asking for advice. <laughs> uh, so the one question I like to finish these off with, it's uh, an interview question we ask everyone that comes in here to interview, and it's one of my favorite questions to get to know someone. Sure. Uh, if you could have dinner with yep. one living person outside of your family, who would it be? A living person? Mm-hmm. Outside of your family. And it could be anyone, whether yeah. you know them or not. Um... <laughs> This is a reaction we get from everyone. Yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cause, cause I think about, um, I've thought about people dead. Right. Right. Living person. Um, I think Baron Trump. Okay. That is a good one. I mean, seriously, what that dude, yes. I, mean, I think he must be brilliant, right? Has I mean, to I, be. Yeah, yeah. Has to be surrounded but, by brilliant people. But how fascinating must his life have been how challenging how weird right right i mean to grow up with you know in in all of that stuff right that, that surrounds i mean I, I know you could say that about any political but but, yeah. but, but even especially that. yeah yeah but especially what what that family has gone through i mean how fascinating would it be to get that kid's take Oh. Um, right. I mean, not, I mean, not right. So, I mean, because because hopefully you'd get sort. I mean, I would want his personal thing. I sure. mean, what's it been like to grow up in that environment with all that stuff going on? You know, forget the political stuff. Yes. Just what's it been like to be a kid growing wow. up in all of that? That is right? so good. That's such a I good be, response. It would be. I, and who knows why that just popped into my head? Right. I mean, but that is a good one. Anyway. Yes. Well, I love that response. And now I'm going to He'd probably go. never say anything. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's so quiet about everything. I you know mean, right? You never see him open his mouth. But, hey, but maybe one day. But that's kind of why, and maybe why it popped in my head. Because, man, there's there's a guy who's, <laughs> you never heard him say a word, right? right? kind of like to know there's what's in that head. There. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, well, funny. I appreciate you being here. How can we see Colin? You said he's racing. So how can we tune in to what he's got going on so we can get more information on 1111 yep. and everything else you have going on? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to 1111vets.com. I think mm -hmm. it's 11-11vets.com and, and look look up 1111. Um, um, so he'll be racing um, next weekend, uh, I think the 24th and 5th at Sebring. Mm -hmm. um, he's ra racing in the TC America uh, series. So essentially it's professional BMWs, right? Okay. So it's sports car racing. Yeah. Um, and that's been really cool because he's learning, you know, hopefully we, we get back to NASCAR when we, we, when we have the funding. Um, we, just, we just didn't have the, the, the funding to be able to do that. And, and so as we were looking at what would be good for him mm -hmm. to expand his career, you know, he's running all these road courses, right? And so he's, he's, he's learning how to, how to do that um, in a, on a professional you know, uh, basis. 
Um, and by the way, he's second in the country in points. I he's see won this. what three races? Yes, um, major really, success there. It, and if you go back and watch, so it's it's actually streams on YouTube. So the TC uh-huh. America um, race is on YouTube, but um, the announcers love him because he's so different, right? I mean, <laughs> right. They, they've never had anybody like him. <laughs> And in that's the been his series. whole career too. I yeah. mean, coming in at fifteen, I have oh, a background, yeah. and so so his superpower is he can take information in and process it immediately. Awesome. So awesome. I, I can do that with all five kids. I yeah. Tell you yeah. what their superpowers are, yeah. but that's his. That's his. So eleven eleven vetscom and and if you real seriously, if you just go to Colin Garrett Racing. Um, you'll you'll see what he's doing. It's been fun. I'm obviously super proud of all the kids, but I'm proud of him and all the things that he's done professionally as well as a race car driver. And thank you so much for being here. I'm honored to have you here, and I can't wait to see where all of this goes. Yeah, me too. It's fun. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Rogers Radio Podcast. I appreciate you all listening each week and providing the feedback that you provide me each week. I would really love for you to subscribe to our show and rate us so we know how we're doing and we will talk to you next week.